Howdy there, my fellow distanced fellas. This is Peyton Zignego here with COVID Operation to bring you your daily dose of cheer. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to yet another day here at COVID Operation. I was going to say here at the office, but I'm not in an office, so I suppose that wouldn't quite make sense. I don't know why I had that urge, but I kind of wanted to feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm a professional business person, which isn't an aspiration of mine. I've never particularly wanted to work at an office, and so I don't know why I would have the urge to say, welcome back to the office. I don't know, maybe it's some deep-seated urge I've always had. But there we go, I suppose I've completed it now, so welcome back to the office. (laughs) Well, you know, it is still early in the week, it is still a young young week. And I must say that it's gotten off to a good start here on my end, which is nice. It is the first week of our creative writing intensive here at Story Arc, so I've been busy with that. And it's shaping up to be quite a lot of fun, I will say. I'm very excited to have the opportunity to work with uh, both students and professionals and see what we're going to be creating. So that is super exciting. If you don't know what the creative writing intensive is, every year at Story Arc over the summer, we do a couple weeks of of working with students and giving them tools to write and it's been a blast. I was part of it last year for a day. I was like a guest speaker uh, sort of and I came in and I talked on the art of writing poetry and now I'm a mentor. So that's really cool and it's really fun and it's definitely something that if you are not enrolled in this year, definitely check it out next year when it comes around again. But hopefully, fingers crossed, it won't be online next year. I mean, I think we've done really good with the online programming. It's just, yikes, you know, you lose out on a lot of that collaboration, I think. But it's really nice to get to know fellow writers and work on projects together. So really still not a downside, even if it is online. It's just, I guess, a little bit more tiring being on online. It's just an interesting thing that I think being in the online format has changed about, you know, the world is that it has made it sort of more tiring, in my opinion, at least, because I... I don't know, I get very exhausted having to sit at my desk and look at a computer screen. Feels like it shouldn't be something that's exhausting, but it is, (laughs) to me at least. I mean, hey, if it weren't for the internet, I would not interact with people almost at all. So I guess, you know, it is a win. Well, as is tradition, it's Tuesday. And as is my usual Tuesday routine, I will either read some work or give some tips and tricks for writing, being a bit of a seasoned writer myself. But in addition to that, if you or anyone you know have any work that you would like to share here on the podcast, I would love to have you come on and do a little bit of an interview. So if you're interested in that, you can get in contact with me at Peyton, P-E-Y-T-O-N at storyarcark.org. Or if you're interested in doing a double whammy with me and also with the Boomsite Literary Magazine, which is a Story Arc run online magazine that has student work and is also a great opportunity. So you can email the editor-in-chief Ivy at IVY at storyarcark.org and there you go. So yeah, if you're interested in doing any of that, I uh, nicely ask you to reach out and we can do some fun stuff with that. Anyway, today in the spirit of, well, yesterday, I suppose, uh, if you are unaware, I was on vacation last week, so I was out on a lake doing my thing, but 
now I'm on a lake, so it's cooler, I suppose. <laughs> and I had some time to, you know, think, and I spoke earlier last week about working in doing some writing and stuff whilst being on vacation by a lake. And although I didn't actually end up writing anything that was a, you know, a full realized thing, I did think a lot about mermaids, and so... Hey, you know, kind of a win-win. But I was thinking and I was trying to come up with some other things for my own writing process that I could give to you or or anyone else who was interested in, you know, writing or trying to realize an idea that they have or or whatever the sort of uh, thing that they're looking to do. And I was trying to figure out sort of how I did things because I thought, well, if I can sort of map out how how my brain and thought process works, then perhaps I can be of service to others. So I was doing a lot of that and just sort of staring out at the water and thinking... And I came up with a few little tips and stuff that helped me as a writer that will maybe help you. Again, as with most of the things I say on this podcast, they are pretty much strictly speaking just the things that work for me. And so they necessarily won't always be beneficial to you. And so take what you want and leave the rest. And if something I say isn't helpful to you, that's totally fine because our brains probably work in different ways. And I don't want anyone to think that because what I say doesn't work for them. It makes them a a bad writer or something, but that is obviously not true. It's just these things work for me, and if they don't work for you, that's totally cool too, and we will have different processes because we're different people, and that's just how it works, but yeah, that's just a little tangent to say that don't feel like this is the end-all be-all for the writing process, because I am by no means a professional, nor am I, I guess, old enough to have a lot of experience. Anyway, let's get into me actually talking about things that are beneficial, right? Hopefully, at least. I think definitely as a writer, starting off by consuming a lot of media is definitely very helpful and not just media that is pertaining to what you want to do. Like if you're a writer, you know, you don't just want to read books, but you should also watch movies and TV shows and animations and really get a sense for how different storytelling works in different mediums. Now, generally speaking, I think that a lot of us do this all the time anyway, but I think it's important to seek out other media and material to consume with the express purpose of sort of watching how people storytell and watching how different artists get their points across and sort of absorbing that and taking it into yourself and using it then later down the line, or if not using it, then storing it in the back of your mind so that you have it. I know that I, as a writer, try to consistently look out for new stories and new things that I can take and learn from, and I'm always trying to pay attention to how other people do, say, visual storytelling, or how people do character building, or how people do plot building, and and all these different things, but pulling from tons of different medias and... I think it's really helpful to myself, especially just because it allows me to see different processes and different aspects of maybe a character arcs or of scene establishing uh, and any of those types of things that are related to the creative process. But seeing them from as many perspectives as possible is wildly beneficial just because it allows you to intake a bunch of different perspectives. It's sort of similar to what I was talking about, uh, you know, at the start of this, where it's like, 
just because something works for me doesn't mean it'll always work for you and, and vice versa. And both of us as independent people and independent creators will have different processes that work for us and things that don't work for us. And that's okay. But in taking media from many platforms and from many creators allows you to take in what works for other people and then hopefully figure out if any aspect of that works for you and then you can use that later. It's as I believe ooh, it was a scientist, I think. I don't remember which one. Uh, I think it was a very profound one uh, who made a statement that we are all standing on the shoulders of those who came before us. And part of me wants to say it was like Edison. Hang on, I'm, I'm going to actually look, look that up. Uh, and I'm going to leave this part in because I, you need to know that I fact-checked. Who said the... Standing on the shoulders of giants? It was Isaac Newton. Uh, yep. Oh, okay. Well, his direct quote was that we have seen further uh, because we're standing on the shoulders of giants, which basically meant that you know, we get farther by learning from those around us and those who came before us. So thank you, Isaac Newton. Uh, <laughs> COVID operation fact checks. And you know, see, there's a perfect example of that because I wouldn't have been able to probably even Google that if it wasn't for Isaac Newton doing his sciency thing, you know, because we're all building up on top of previous people's knowledge and shaping it to work for us. And I think that's an important lesson that artists should understand, uh, especially I think because sometimes in the art community, it can feel like, you know, you have to do things your own way. And if you even think about taking a certain aspect from someone's work and molding it into your own, that's bad, but that's not so. And we do our best learning when we're taking different aspects from all of those things and people around us and building them into our own unique style and our own unique variety of artwork or writing. And that's so important in the science and writing community. <laughs> And in all art, actually, it's it's so important to know how to and be able to draw from sources around you and to observe how other artists make their art and so that you're then able to take that and make it into something new and something special and know that everybody has their own processes and you will eventually have your own process too and that if you can take what works for other people and sort of you've then you've removed the trial and error process basically i think if you are taking from people who have already learned how to do a certain thing and you can just sort of take what works for them and build it up in your own self then you know they've already done most of the hard work figuring out the steps needed to make something so now it's your opportunity to take what they've created and mold it into something new and i think that's fantastic and I think that is a beautiful thing about the world, is how we're sort of constantly collaborating and working together, and all of us are trying to make something our own, but in the process of doing so, we're producing things that other people can take to then make into something that they will make their own. And it's just like a big coral reef, and we're all just little fish and corals building up our little fishy community together. <laughs> that makes me happy to think about that. Hey, we're back to mermaids now, technically, if you think about it. But uh, it's just a kind of long form way of saying that as an artist or a writer, constantly learn from people around you and learn from the creators you respect and learn anything you can about how they write and how they do things, how they describe 
places, how they set up character relationships, how they do anything and take it in and see if their processes can work for you. And if not, that's okay. But you learned that at least. So you know what doesn't work for you. And remember, nothing is a failure because you're always learning. And in the comedy world, we have this law. Uh, that makes it sound so official. <laughs> We're clowns. So, I mean, it's we have this loose rule that says that, you know, it's better to bomb and absolutely fail than it is to succeed because though succeeding feels better than a bomb, it you learn less when you succeed than when you fail. Because when you fail, you learn what didn't work and you try to figure out what'll work better next time. And overall, it makes you a better performer or a better writer or a better artist. So don't be afraid of failure. I know it, it may not be the most fun feeling in the world, of course, but take it from someone who has failed a lot. It always feels like you've earned it more once you are successful if you've failed a couple times. So at the very least, you can take that away from it and know that, hey, if you're afraid of failing, like many artists, I believe, are, then when you do succeed, it'll feel 15 times as sweet because of all the times you failed and all of your past selves then will be looking up at you and smiling and it'll just be a good old grand time. But I hope that is in some way helpful to you, uh, perhaps as an artist or a scientist, I guess, or anything else. And I hope that's a little bit of inspiration for you to take from the world around you and build yourself up on the shoulders of those who came before and to feel inspired and good about all the work you produce and how you're constantly improving and building yourself up and never forget that we're all just lego statues that need more pieces added <laughs> okay on that note i will have to leave you for today but don't worry i've still got most of the week to hang out with you so just stay right there or, or you, you can move actually if, if you want to but I'll, I'll be back tomorrow so come back here I guess <laughs> well that'll do it for me so thank you very much for listening this has been COVID Operation I've been Peyton Zignego thank you again I will see you tomorrow so stay safe out there Peyton and Tapioca over and out <laughs> <laughs>